Hello and welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm your host, Tessa Cheshire, and today on the podcast, I am joined by one of my very good friends, Spencer Smith. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Spencer Smith. I'm a theater arts major, and I am currently in Light Switch with Second Studio. Yeah, Spencer's also on the Second Studio board with me, so we get to sometimes work together. Our jobs don't intersect that much, but you helped me set up the gala uh, last night. So we get to do stuff together for Second Studio, which is really fun. So, you know, if you want to see more of me and Spencer, you can come to Second Studio events. That would be pretty neat. Um, Spencer and I met, Spencer was the first friend I made at college. We met in, was it also your first class? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Script analysis. Yeah, both of our first classes on our first day of freshman year. And uh, we kind of just started talking to each other. Partly, I think, of the convenience of the fact that we were in that class together in our next class, we also had together in the same room. So we had like that 10 minute gap between the two classes, but we didn't have to go anywhere. And here we are. Look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Just guys being dudes. <laughs> Thank you for that, Spencer. You're welcome. So something that Spencer and I have bonded over is video games, except the thing about Spencer and I in video games is that we have very different tastes in video games. Um, what kind of video games do you tend to play? I tend to play, I think they're categorized on like the shop as action adventure RPGs. So games like Skyrim, the Fallout series, or like Horizon Zero Dawn, The Witcher, those kinds of games where you get to kind of be placed into a fantasy world and go kill monsters. And I am a Sims bitch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I like life simulator games. Like, I play, I mean, I play like The Sims 3, Sims 4, um, Sims 2. I've never played the original Sims game. I've always wanted to. I just, like, haven't. But I've played the other three. Um, I play, like, Animal Crossing, although you also play I do Animal play Animal Crossing. Crossing I've but been to your island. been months. Yeah, me too. Um, Animal Crossing is one of those games I think that you get into it and you'll play it, like, nonstop for, like, a couple weeks and then you'll forget about it for a few months. Yeah. And then like, you'll remember again and be like, oh, I should play Animal Crossing and then you're hooked again. Yeah. I I played through all of the seasonal events because I got my Switch on my birthday before I came to college. So about two years ago now. And I played through all the seasonal events. I built up my uh, island. And then I'm like, hmm, you know what sounds fun right now? Playing Oblivion. <laughs> I play and I play like unpacking and like those kinds of games, like the um, more indie games, I think I would say. Um, I do a lot of like dating sims, like Dream Daddy is my shit. They're Have you ever played Dream Daddy? No, but in eighth grade, I was obsessed with Life is Strange and there was a Life is Strange free dating simulator. And in the most Spencer move, I played through all of the routes to try and get 100% affection with every single dateable character. I am the kind of person where when I play a dating sim, I'll latch onto one of the dateable characters. And like, I've on Dream Daddy, I've dated all of them, but now when I replay it, I just always date either Craig or Robert. Like every time now. And like um, Monster Prom, I love Monster Prom. I date Damien every time. I've dated some of the other ones when I st first got the game, but there are still ones that I haven't dated because I got like... Latched. I... I Damien is my guy. I and they that introduced Monster traps. Camp and it has entirely different love interests except Damien is also a love interest in Monster Camp. He's the only oh constant. God. And so I also only date Damien on Monster Camp. I 
<laughs> have you seen Damien? What Damien looks like? Uh, I, I think I watched Markiplier playing that. It's he's a literal demon the, from hell. Yeah, I know. I literally latched onto the werewolf jock because I'm like, wow, Scott Howell. Yes, Scott. Hey. <laughs> That makes sense because werewolves. Yes. Yeah, Damien's literally a demon from hell. And he has two dads. He looks like Hellboy's son. He like has two with dads. A broken horn. Um, he his dads are like the kings of hell, and he's like biologically their child because they're demons, so two male demons can just like two male cis demons can just like Do demons they just have? like poofed him into existence, I think. Do demons even have a concept of gender? I feel like they are the ones who came up with the idea are of... Are demons non-binary? Are they? Things that would get me excommunicated from the church. <laughs> so, we have very different tastes in video games, but we talk about video games a lot. And one of, honestly, most of what I know about, like, Skyrim and Fallout and, like, Horizon, like, all of those games, I've heard from you. Just sending me, like, paragraphs of analysis on these video games. Okay, but the thing is, I don't analyze video games often enough. Like, there's an entire subgenre of video gaming where people will analyze stories, they'll analyze video game structure, and I watch those videos, but I treat... Matt Pat. Yeah, or, <laughs> like, um, Many a True Nerd's mm. video essays. I really yeah. like his video essays. But... I don't really like doing that all that much because I like to have fun with video games. And, like, especially with Fallout 4, it's such a horrible main storyline <laughs> that I'm like, I'm not going to analyze this. I'm just going to have fun and start dating Piper Wright right off the bat. <laughs> Listen, you know what you like. I do, and it's Piper Wright. Yeah, but when you do analyze a video game, I I'm the one who hears about it. <laughs> Yes, and it is, I could honestly probably write a dissertation about some of these video games, and when I get bored, I will just start talking to myself about these games, because I know how often you get my messages about them. Yeah, I, I looked up in your, in like our text history, the name, like Horizon, <laughs> and it's just several texts. Oh my god. So, so many. What about you analyzing your life through the lens of video games. Listen. Of Homestuck, it was Homestuck. Shut up. It Don't was expose me like this. <laughs> Don't expose me like this. Too late. Yes. Um, I did read Homestuck when I was a small child. And I did indeed hyperfixate on it. That's ADHD for you. Um... I have no control over what I like and don't like. Same. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but the other thing that I've noticed is I think you probably know more about the kind of video games I play than I do about the ones you play. Because, like, you watch people play, you watch a lot of, like, gameplay. And I, yeah. I did a lot in, um, like, my sophomore year of high school. And then uh, I got really depressed and I stopped. Um <laughs> As it happens. And I yes. still watch some, um, like, video game stuff. But I used to watch a lot of, like, live streams of people playing video games. Mm, yeah. All the time. Uh, but but you, like, regularly watch Sims videos on YouTube. Specifically. Yes. Little Simsy. Little Simsy. Because 
the thing is, I treat like watching video game playthroughs like my dad watches football. Because <laughs> I'm often too broke to buy these games. And so if I like somebody's personality and I'm like interested in a game, but maybe, you know, not in- interested enough to spend the 20, 40, 60 dollars on it to get it myself and play through it myself, then I'll just watch them play it. Or if I'm a coward, like watching the entire Resident Evil series through in like two days because that's what happens. You know, I'll just sit there and be like, okay, if there is a jump scare, um, I will be screaming. <laughs> but fair. <laughs> yeah, it's much more of a um I don't have the time or the money to spend on these games, so I would rather watch somebody else play them so I can get, like, kind of a new uh, income of media instead of just being, like, on social media or rereading the same 14 books I read all the time or, you know, doing something like that. It's a new source of entertainment for me because it's like, oh, this is a new video game from somebody that I appreciate watching. Yeah. I Well, you have played a little bit of Sims. I have. Through me. Yes. Because you've, you've come over to my house and my, made... My little werewolf lad. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer made himself as a werewolf in The Sims. He is best boy. I love him. Oh, I still need to send you a picture of his pants. That sounds weird out of context. I am, <laughs> I am changing... I am altering a pair of my pants to look more like The Sims werewolf pants because they are sick as frick. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Sick as frick. Is yes, really sick as frick. Funny. Why didn't you just say sick as fuck? <laughs> because sick as frick is funnier. Okay, but yeah, um, I like that kind of uh, torn, mended, and well-loved pants. And I don't wear these pair of pants anyway. And I'm hoping I can get another use out of them by altering them and by like adding a, a little bit of spice to them. Well, and hey, if it goes badly. You don't wear those pants anyway. Yeah, true. And, like, thrift stores right there. It's true. I love thrift stores. Fantastic. I have been meaning to go to the thrift store because I was going to get something else for my Halloween costume, but I think I'm just going to not. Fair enough. I, I, I'm not very in the Halloween spirit this year. I am way too into the Halloween spirit I know year. you are. Do you want to... This is totally entirely unrelated to video games. Actually, it's not. Okay. Because Mothman is in Fallout 76, and Fallout 76, although having a lot of problems, is a really fun game to play to just kind of run around and do quests. So, Mothman is a cryptid from West Virginia, and Fallout 76 takes place in West Virginia. And the design of Mothman is literally, like, take a moth and then size it up to be bigger than a human being. And that is the fluffiest best boy to exist in this fucking world. (laughs) But um, I decided to make a Mothman costume for Halloween. And so uh, I kind of took the entire summer working in spurts and bursts to get like the huge pieces of this costume done. But I did use reference photos from Fallout 76 to kind of get the... um, like, the fur texture and the kind of wing design and shape that I wanted to get. But, you know, I'm not going to make a My Neighbor Totoro uh, kind of crinoline frame to perfectly mimic the Mothman from Fallout 76. So he was a lot more human and a lot more, like, skinny. But, yes, I am going to be the Mothman for Halloween, and nobody can stop me. 
I don't think anybody's trying to stop you, man. No. I think they all just want to see uh, how far I'll go with it. I mean, every I feel like every time you send me an update, I'm like, oh, it's getting even more intricate than I ever... Because when did you first make it? Wasn't it for, like, costume construction? Yes, like, so I took costume last construction... Last year? Yeah, last fall. And for our final project, we had to make a, like, three pieces of a costume. We had to make one, uh, like, built piece and then alter two props. And so I'm like... Or my uh, professor, Jamie Markham, was like, okay, it's easier to do something that you are, like, invested and interested in. Boy, did you. Boy, I did. Uh, so you maintain that passion throughout the project. And I'm like, I'm going to make Mothman. <laughs> and so I made this cute little half capelet and some uh, and a mask for the Mothman costume. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is fantastic. This is great. Uh, the final was in December, so I wasn't able to like actually wear it for Halloween. But every time I get bored, I'm like, okay, I want to craft something. And so I would just slowly, bit by bit, add more and more into this costume. And by now, it's probably $200 and seven different layers with, I think it's 10 costume pieces in total that I built by hand. So. Damn. Yeah. Um, I just searched Mothman in my text history, and I found the first mention ever of when you of you saying Mothman to me. Although my texts auto delete after a year, so there could have been mentions before this one, but this looks like it was November first, so almost exactly a year ago. Wow. You said, I'm designing a Mothman costume for my costume construction final. I really want to take like and then you had this word surrounded in two of the star emojis, the little three stars. Professional pictures of me in various trees. And you I, have, you have. I have, yes, I have indeed. And then uh, after Halloween, I am going to take more because Brian Head is right there. And I like climbing into trees like the little gremlin I am. There's just constant updates about the, like, also this just says, I picked a random sweatshirt to wear and picked out my Mothman one, which wasn't a problem until I realized I'm going to be sewing my Mothman cape today. And then I said, Mothmanception. And you said, I am the man, the moth, the legend. <laughs> uh, live, laugh, lurk, as I always say. <laughs> do, you, do you always say that? No. You have said it before. I have. I definitely have. It's, it's on the list. Yes. Uh, do you want to explain what the list is? Probably. I So for like a year now, I've been keeping a list of... Oh, I still didn't add the monster one yet. I've been keeping a list of no context Spencer quotes of just like the outrageous shit this man says to me. Um, and also other people sometimes text me quotes to add to this list. No way. It's not often, but sometimes someone will be like, oh, add this to the list of Spencer quotes. Um, it's like a known thing within the theater department that I have a list of Spencer quotes. Oh my God. So there are a few quotes on this list that are not things you said to me. They're things you said to other people that they thought this needs to go on Tessa's list and then texted to me. <laughs> my legacy is the list. It's the unhinged things you say. Yes. yes. We just said yes. Very in sync with each other. 
well, it's almost like we have been friends for over a year and you keep a list of the random unhinged <laughs> shit I say. I think we spend like too much time together. Nah. But also not enough. True. We spend too much time together when we're actively working on something else. Because yeah. we spend a lot of time in like the theater together. Yeah. And so you put me in a theater, I will become more unhinged because I'm stressed, sleep deprived, and probably haven't eaten dinner in like 14 hours. Yeah. Uh, tech weeks are especially bad for that. Well, also having classes with you. Yeah. We always sit next to each other in class and you just look at me and it makes me laugh. Not just like your general face, you'll give me looks specifically to make me laugh. I was once told that my facial expressions are the most expressive part of me as an actor, and I'll be damned if I don't use that to my advantage it's to make true. you laugh. But we'll be our professor will be talking about something like serious professional acting stuff, and Spencer will just like look at me. And it just makes me start laughing. When you weren't in acting for a while, I would look at Izzy and make them start laughing. So you're not alone. I do it to anybody who has the misfortune to make eye contact with me. <laughs> misfortune. <laughs> I'm like yeah. a Pokemon trainer, you know? <laughs> you make eye contact with me, I'm going to battle you. I'm like a Pokemon trainer because I got to catch them all, but it's about mental illnesses, not <laughs> Pokemon. Okay, what is your ideal Pokemon team? Like, how did you play Pokemon as a kid? See, the thing about me is that when I was a kid, I didn't have, like, I didn't really play Pokemon. I just liked looking at the cards. So I had Pokemon cards, but I never played Pokemon as a kid. I can open Pokemon Go and tell you who I, like, most commonly use of the Pokemon I have. But that's also based on, like, which Pokemon that I have are, like, the strongest. Yeah, because when I played Pokemon, what I would do is I would fill a team of six with multiple different move types so i always had a move that was strong against another type of pokemon so you may think oh he's very strategic no i'm not uh my strategy is the viking equivalent of take big hammer and hit repeatedly over and over again anyways back to rpgs and life simulators (laughs) because we very much lost the topic for a minute there but that's kind of what happens on this when podcast. You both have ADHD. Yeah. Also, just every t- every podcast I've made, except you know, Colton and I stayed pretty on topic about the office and parks and recreation, but that's because I was yelling at him because most of his opinions were wrong. Um. <laughs> Amazing. I would say sorry, but I'm not. Like, sorry, Colton, but not really. You should get this haunter up to uh, CP six six six. That'd be funny. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, anyway, <laughs> so what about, like, RPGs makes them interesting to you? Like, why is it, why do you think it is that you mostly play RPGs? I, I think it's a level of escapism. So I used to really, I still do, I really, really like fantasy books. And so things like The Hobbit, um, I'm about to call myself out, the Wereworld series, <laughs> anybody else read those, uh, I when don't I was even know what that is. Basically, it's about like different uh, therianthropes or like shapeshifters. There's like five or six books, but it's really cool. But I like the level of escapism that comes with playing these action RPGs because being myself, 
in college trying to get a theater degree is not always the most fun time, but what is really fun is screaming at people and seeing them fly off cliffs with Bethesda physics. Yeah. Spencer. Yeah. You do realize how that sounds out of context of talking about video games. Yeah. Great. I think, so the reason I I like life simulators, because it's also escapism, like oddly enough. But I think that's why a lot of people play video games. Yeah. It's Um, like another form of escapist media, because living life kind of sucks sometimes if you don't have something to like cushion. Yeah. But I like life simulators because I feel like they're more rooted in reality, except like Monster Prom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but like they're more rooted in reality. So it's the kind of escapism that I can play it and imagine that I, I can put myself in that world more easily. Yeah. Like I can play Dream Daddy and like picture living in Maple Bay and like being a part of that community that is established within the world of that game. Yeah. Or like I can play Unpacking. Have you ever played Unpacking? Yes. I watched a playthrough okay. of it. Yeah. I think I watched Lil Simsy play it live, sink or sob at the end relatable yes um like those kinds of games those are realistic situations and situations that i can see myself in especially something like unpacking where like at the end you're like oh it's gay (laughs) because when you start and you don't know going in i didn't know going in yeah that's always really fun and i i literally when i was unpacking like the college dorm in unpacking i saw the like the red flannel and i was like oh my god this has to be a lesbian and then it got to the level where you're like moving in with a man and i was like a bisexual and then it turns out the man is like really toxic and awful yeah and then which is entirely realistic uh, yeah Men suck yes full offense full taken yeah i know i know who i am also full offense to you nate um <laughs> oof he knows good for him and then you get to the level where you're like moving your girlfriend in with you and i was like me and who that yeah, oh my god. But I think one of the games that I is like not usual for my repertoire of like my most played video games is Life is Strange because that's a much more like story like comic book style video game. I feel like I would like Life is Strange. I think you would. If I if I played it. I have it. Um for the listeners at home, we just made a eye contact with the, uh, the head tilt. Yeah. We do that tilt. a lot. We do. Last night we did it about McDonald's and then we ended up getting McDonald's at like, what even time was I that? Think like, like 11, 11 p.m. Um, which I is honestly. a happy meal and they didn't give me a Halloween bucket and I'm so mad. Yes, I am a full grown adult. I, I was also mad that you didn't get the Halloween bucket. Because they were the pumpkins. Are you going to go back and try to get a Halloween bucket? Yeah, probably. That makes sense. Yes. But life is strange. because life is strange completely altered my life trajectory because i it's a huge statement but just listen to this when i was in eighth grade i had a friend who uh we were both the quiet kids in math class and so obviously we got sat next to the annoying kid so the annoying kid was sandwiched in between us and we were on the outside of him and when we got the new seating chart, uh, he looks at us, like makes eye contact with us and goes, oh, I'm next to the quiet kids. And me and my 
then uh, Stranger looked at each other and just grinned. We were about to make this man's life hell. So we became like fast friends. Uh, I got into Life is Strange. She was into Life is Strange. And then we both hyperfixated on it for a while. Do I know who you're talking about? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I was like, is it one of the friends I've heard about? Maybe. Name. Abby. I've heard. You've heard of an Abby. I've heard of an Abby, but I not yeah. an, a lot. Yeah, but like we were best friends, eighth grade. And uh, so Life is Strange came out and, you know, it was fantastic. It did really well. There are multiple different games from the original Life is Strange uh, game in that same universe. But they released a prequel to the Life is Strange game focusing on Chloe Price, who is the main character's best friend, and her girlfriend. Not, well, they can become girlfriends. I kind of forget because I haven't played it in a while. But there was this scene in Life is Strange Before the Storm where they were doing a production of The Tempest at their high school. And the actress who played Ariel was, like, stuck in traffic due to a wildfire. And the director, in the most high school theater director way, looked at Chloe Price and went, you look about the same build as the actress who plays Ariel, put the costume on and go on stage. And so it's the scene where you have to, like, look at the script and try and memorize it. But at one point, um, Prospero, who was, like, the love interest, girlfriend uh, kind of deal, breaks the script and, like, isn't using the Shakespeare in lines anymore and basically asks Chloe to run away with her. And that impacted my eighth grade brain so much. I went, I want to do theater. And so I actually auditioned for a production of Macbeth in high school with the monologue, uh, the very first monologue that Ariel has, where Ariel's like, the spirit is like, yes, I did everything to your accord. I burned the ship. I flooded it. Everybody's like freaked out, but they're all safe. So I auditioned with that, and I got in, and I had the time of my life, and now I am here six years later with a completely different career path from either animation or an English major to being a theater arts major on the second studio board at SUU. So you became a theater kid because of a video game. Yes, that, that is, is the most on-brand Spencer Smith thing I have ever heard. How did I not know this? Because I don't talk about it that often. It's kind of like a, uh, just like a kernel I, can, I tend to keep to myself. Like, I'm not ashamed about it. Uh, media can completely impact people's lives in such huge fundamental ways that they do make entire career changes out of it. But, like, as a developing like going through puberty and trying to find out who I was, having something to like gravitate towards and then finding a community that was so welcoming was like, I want to stay here. Yeah. And it was like fantastic. It was wonderful. Yeah. I, I wish my story of like finding theater, I just saw like a production of The Music Man and was like, I want to do that. Okay, and then also I, like I, Spencer, I, I, I'm a, I do journalism and want to be a journalist because of my sister. I literally went against every younger sibling. I don't want to be like my sister. I don't want to be in my sister's shadow, like, trope, and am pursuing 
the same career path that my sister has a job in. My brother is literally studying to become like a mechanic. And also uh, we reversed the roles with like, oh, the eldest child is the golden child and the youngest is like the demon child. I'm feral, but I was not the problem child. Um, I was not the one who shot out neighbors' uh, lights with an airsoft gun. No, none of my sisters and I were like problem children. Well, Katie a little bit. Katie was the oldest, is the oldest. She's still alive. Um, <laughs> she's still the oldest. Nobody has like surpassed her in age. Although maybe Jake could qualify as the oldest because they're like engaged. So he'll be like the brother-in-law. Oh God, my brother's considering getting married and I'm like, bro, don't. <laughs> but that's also probably like uh, my parents' divorce trauma talking, so. Yeah, I'm really excited for my sister to get married. But that's because awesome. like, well, like, you also know, Jake, I don't know who my brother's girlfriend is. Like, I've met her twice, and she's awkward, and I'm awkward, and so we've had zero conversations. Okay. I barely even know what she yeah, looks like. Yeah, I'm, Jake sends me TikToks. Ah, uh, yes. Like, pretty frequently in tweets and stuff. Jake and I are pals. Uh, but <laughs> anyways. So, what do you find is, like, your favorite part of playing simulation games? See... I, I love, it depends on the simulation game. Cause like the games are all very different in like, cause like Sims is more in depth. I think in a lot of ways, it's not one where you have a bunch of different options and it has specific like storylines that you follow. You can really do whatever you want with Sims, which is probably why that's my favorite one. Cause I like that I can do whatever I want and I can download mods and stuff. Cause some of, you can't do whatever you want with Sims, but with mods, you can. can. Um, I love designing Sims. I've made more Sims than I've probably like actually played gameplay with, but I also really love the gameplay. It just is the thing that like eventually gets to a point where you're like, I need to make a new Sim because this Sim's getting kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but I think that's true. Of, like, I just the hyperfixation on that like Sims family will end, and then I'll need to make a new one. Yeah. Um. But then with like, I. Th- <laughs> I think part of the reason that I, I always date the same people is that I like the predictability That's and I fair. like knowing what's going to happen, which is also why I'm not a big RPG person because you have to like make choices. Okay. But here's the thing. I like games where there are n- not very like big consequences, but I am also the kind of person that plays the good guy. I feel awful every time I make like the evil choice because, you know, years and years of discussion of morality and whether or not religion kind of, like, creates a moral code. And it's it boils down to me for uh, being mean it makes me feel bad. Like in Light Switch, I feel like a horrible person every time I do the first scene. I made Eliza cry last night. Even though you're acting. Yes. Even though I'm acting, I feel horrible for being a bad person. Yeah. But... That's, I'm, like, the same, I never, I think I've, like, once in my life made, like, an evil sim. I don't, like, they're, like, oh, have three sim enemies. And I'm, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be mean to the sims. The land grab family. Easy. But even then, I'm, like, I feel bad. I don't care. Like, but here's the thing. I will delete a sim if they're annoying me. Or force kill them if they're annoying me. (laughs) I'm playing God when I play sims. I can do what I want. Nice. But I don't like making my Sims do mean things. That's fair. 
Uh, I want to kind of go back. You said that you like the openness of playing The Sims and like doing whatever you want. I found that I like RPGs because the concept of having everything open to me, like the concept of a blank page gives me decision paralysis. And so when a game throws you in in the beginning and it's just like, hey, you, you're finally awake. Like you were given a task to complete I just, like, latch onto that task. I'm like, I am going to be the best at this task, even though there is no, like, grounds for being the best at a false and fake task. (laughs) But I like the direction that RPGs give me because they're like, here, go do a quest. And I'm like, oh, boy, I love doing things. I also, I think, because I'm very bad at making decisions. You know that about me. Oh, I do. I, I hate making decisions. But in Sims, there's no consequences for making the wrong decision. Because I will admit, sometimes I've had a Sim take a, a path, or, like, I've, I've literally gotten to the point where my Sim, like, had a child, and I was like, I don't think I want this Sim to have a kid. I just don't save. I just go back. Or, like, I just start over, make a new Sim. There are no really, there are no, like, real-world consequences. Yeah. So I can just, and I, I will have those moments. I'll be like on FaceTime with Jesse and I'll be like, oh, I, I don't know if I should, should I have the Sim have a baby or should I just have, or should I, should I not have them have children? And Jesse's like, I don't know, just decide. And I'll be like, fuck it, baby. Cause it doesn't matter. <laughs> William Afton creating circus baby. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of the games that I have watched a lot of playthroughs of it's FNAF. Is the whole FNAF series. I cannot believe that FNAF is set in Hurricane Utah that we are like 25 minutes from. Like, I, let's go. Let's go. I am so down. <laughs> you have no idea. But, dude, the Jim Henson shop is doing the animatronics for the FNAF movie. And I could not be more excited because thank fuck for practical effects. You know I, how I feel about Jim Henson. Oh, yes. The little gonzo kin. <laughs> I love the Muppets so much. I have Muppet mini f- Lego minifigs on my desk. There's only one more sleep till Christmas. <laughs> Why is that the Muppet song you just went with? Just <laughs> Because then? I fucking love Muppets Christmas Carol, okay? Move and ride along in search of good times. And <gasps> when we go to California, we have to listen to that song in the car. Okay. We have to make a road trip playlist when we go to California. And it will be including the entire Muppet soundtrack. Yeah, correct. If we do not listen to Move and Ride Along at least twice on that road trip, we're doing it wrong. Okay, but also the Muppet's Christmas Carol is fantastic, and it is one of the most historically accurate costume-wise. Which is so funny because it's it's the fucking Muppets. Like, there are extant examples of waistcoats from like Charles Dickens' time, that looks so close to what Gonzo actually wears. And I know Gonzo this. Gonzo is the love of my life. Because Nicole Rudolph on YouTube made of an course. entire Gonzo uh, cosplay. Like, historically accurate Muppets Christmas Carol Gonzo cosplay. Can you send me that? Yes, I will. Thank you. You're welcome. I love Gonzo so much. He is so funny. He's the best Muppet character. He really is. I, I kind of want to sing I'm going to go back there someday for an SEU Live at some point. Although I'm do doing, it. I'm going to do Sally's song from Nightmare Before Christmas at the October, at the November one at Paranormal Picture Show. Okay, so I'm, I'm curious. Do you think, because I know 
you have interest in life simulators. You just don't play them often um, because you don't really have them. If you owned them, do you think you would get real play time out of them or do you think you would like play once and then not pick it back up? I think I would play once and then not pick it back up because if it's not like there's a lot of things that go into me liking video games and it's visual interest, storyline and soundtrack. Um so if there's not like a good storyline or if there's not like a you know those kind of beautiful vista things that you can go and find because oh my god when you are like coming onto plain song for the first time in horizon forbidden west and you just hear the music for the first time i sat there for like three minutes just in awe on the verge of tears like this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my goddamn life 10 out of 10 but, like, life simulators don't really interest me. That's also just because I I don't really find a lot of joy or a lot of comfort in doing these day-to-day care tasks. And, like, just taking care of myself and my cat and my space is difficult and draining. And so I don't think I would want to, you know, take a break from doing that to do more of that except virtually like i don't get the dopamine rush of ooh, i fixed this thing or ooh, i cleaned my sims house or ooh, look at this how i perfectly uh packed this room like i don't get that dopamine rush what i do get a dopamine rush from is like finally beating that boss that's been giving me so much trouble for a few years few years for a few hours <laughs> it feels like a few years probably. it does feel like a few years <laughs> But then again, I couldn't play things like Dark Souls because, one, I have anger issues, and two, I have neighbors. Do you want to explain? I don't know what Dark Souls is. So Dark Souls is this really, really difficult game that is... So it's like uh, the mood is very dark, and the bosses, which is like nothing but bosses, are extremely, extremely difficult and you have to have different move sets, different weapons and armor to try and take these bosses down, but they're notorious for being these massively difficult games. Does okay, this is a very weird question. Okay. What kind of game does Cuphead classify as? Controversial opinion. I think it's a Souls game. Explain. So, again, it's a difficult game. Um my friends took a while to beat it uh so i think it's it's i really want to play cuphead best of luck i've thought about buying it so it's a 2d game where you kind of uh i think the wikipedia calls it a run and gun yeah Yeah, run and gun video game but it's i haven't actually played it myself and i haven't watched playthroughs of it because I think by the time it came out and people like Jacksepticeye and uh, Markiplier were playing these games, I was starting to grow out of watching them, and I went on to, like, different avenues. So I wouldn't actually know, but I've heard from one of my old friends who actually played Cuphead that it's an exceedingly difficult game, and it's, like, really, really frustrating. And I'm like... I'm just going to call it a Souls game because, one, that's hilarious because it's literally called Cuphead, and, two, the art style looks like 
you know, 1950s yeah. bright cartoons. Have you ever played Bendy and the Ink Machine? I've watched playthroughs it of it. It feels like it's, it's something that would be either, it would be really like you, you would be scared shitless, but like it seems like it would be kind of up your alley because of the old animation style yeah. and stuff. I watched playthroughs of it Me and too. I didn't latch onto it mostly because the story didn't like wasn't really there for me i'm like okay like it's a fantastic concept i just didn't think that it was executed well and i didn't want to give it another try (laughs) i just felt like it was something that could have been could be up your alley because of the like the spooky vibes spooky vibes and the are like art style yeah kind of has your you like that kind of like older animation type stuff yeah like uh american traditional tattoos yeah it's very pretty visually i will admit that but i just don't think it's quite there for me i mean i could try and play it and see if that is it but also um i tried playing bioshock and got stuck on like the first quote-unquote boss uh, and i don't know how to fix it (laughs) well okay i had an idea Kind of like a little challenge oh, for us. I am, I think I would like you, I'll, we'll probably have to like hang out in order to do this because I'm not going to make us each buy a video game for this, but I would like to try playing an RPG and I want you to play a life simulator. Like actually sit down and play them. And mm. like you, any RPG that you choose, I will play through some. And any life simulator that I choose, you will play through some. That sounds like a riot. What RPG would you be interested in me playing? It could be one that you think would be entertaining or one that you think I would genuinely like. Because you could choose something just because you think it would be funny to watch me play it. Hmm. Honestly, my go-to would probably be Skyrim. Like Skyrim or Fallout 4. Because they start out pretty slow. But at the same time... Mm, I don't think Fallout 4. I think Skyrim. Because Skyrim just has, like, this huge, big opening, like, right off the bat. And you're like, oh, my God, what? (laughs) What just happened? So I think watching you as an anxious, stressed-out human being trying to deal with Alduin, the world eater, in the very beginning would be hilarious to watch. I, I, this is a multiplayer game, so we play it together. I really want to see you play Monster Prom. I really, really want to see you play Monster Prom. I will be dating Scott Howell. I will be dating Damien LaFay. Amazing. Um, And there's like the short version and the long version. We're doing the long version. Oh my God. It doesn't take that long, but we're doing the long version. Okay, fair enough. And I will be trying to get a secret ending probably because I love the secret endings. I will probably... I probably won't actually end up being able to date Scott. I think what will happen is that I'll just become best bros with him, just completely unintentionally. That checks out. Listen, yeah. trying to do my second scene in Light Switch is so difficult because I am not built for that kind of thing. Although Monster Prom has more strategy than you would think. <laughs> Genuinely. No context, Tessa quotes. <laughs> Monster Prom has more strategy than you think. Well, because your success is based on your stats, and there it gives you like two options, and both of them could be successful. You just have to have a high enough stats, so you have to like 
read the responses and figure out which one correlates with which stat and then choose the one that you have higher stats for. So it's D&D for monster fuckers. Kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, But also if you get two options that are both something you have low stats for, you're going to fail. So you have to like build up your stats in order to fuck the monsters. Okay, what if I don't want to fuck the monsters? What if I want to play football with Scott? I think that's probably an option. Hell yes. I have never dated Scott. I've seen Shay dated Scott when I played with them. Mm. And they were very excited <laughs> about it. Um, but I, 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 I've never dated Scott myself, so I could not say. But I will, I will report back on the podcast when we get the chance to do this. Because right now it's not the time to no, be doing that. We are but, doing way too many things. Yeah. But when we get a chance to do that, I'll report back and be like, this is how it went on the podcast. Um, so make sure you tune in. Um, to every single one, because you don't know when I'm going to say that we play the video games, um, to find out how it went playing Monster Prom and Skyrim. Those are That's a really weird video game combination. That is a very weird video game combination. It's very on brand for us. It really is. Very much so. Um, if you would like to see more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Tessa Chesh and Twitter at Tessie Cat. Do you want to plug any social media? Uh, yes, follow my art account, even though it's slightly dead, at Spence's underscore sketchbook. Uh, the profile picture of me holding a sick fucking guitar. Uh, have fun, go wild. You will see all the fan art from my Owl House fix- hyperfixation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Yep. But Spencer's a good artist, so it's like good Owl House fan art. Thank you. I try. Um, <laughs> and if you want to see more of Spencer, you can come see Light Switch. Yes. In November. We are performing, I think, it's either the it's the 17th, the 18th, and the 19th. There are two shows on the 19th, a 2 p.m. matinee and a 7.30 p.m. night show. Otherwise, and the 17th and 18th at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. And there will be an opening night gala that I will be planning. So you should come specifically on that night. So you um, can see the both of us. And yeah. And not just hear our inane ramblings. Yeah, because this is honestly pretty mild for one of our conversations. It really is. Um, I'm on my best behavior. I'm not. It's just that you being on your worst behavior is what brings out my worst behavior because I'm the kind of person who like really goes off of what the people I'm around are doing. Yes, and I am completely unhinged the yeah. other half the time. Yeah. So if you want to see more of Spencer and I, you know how to do that. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Nerdy to Me. Tune in next time to answer the age-old question, which of Rory Gilmore's love interests from Gilmore Girls is the best one? Spencer just got very excited. Do you have thoughts about that? <laughs> no. Okay. I just think it would be very entertaining to it's, listen to. It's going to be me and Taya. Case in point. Yeah. So tune in to listen to that. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Nerdy to Me. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.